back to the podcast today. Um, as always, we are joined by um, our hosts, Jerry Galindo and Miriam Rodriguez. Um, I am Natasha Gonzalez, and today we are also joined by Ms. Jackie and Ms. Ivania from um, Access for Sex Education. So do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm Ivania. I am a third year student here at UTRGB and studying mass communication. And I'm also the president for Access for Sets Ed Club. And hi, everyone. I'm Jackie. I'm with Access Esperanza Clinics, where we work with Access for Sex Ed. So I'm here to help if there's any questions of uh, like um, sex ed questions that Ivania might answer, I, I can help out and to talk a little bit about the clinic that works with the club. Yeah, thank you. So we just kind of wanted to go ahead and um, ask, like, how did Access for the Sex Education Club get started here on, at UTRGB? Yeah, I can answer that because I used to be a former intern uh, for Access for Sex Ed before it used to be the name Box. So we've been a club on campus for the last, since like 2010, 2011, maybe even 20, 2009. Yeah, right. yeah we, or 2008. Yeah. Like we've been on campus for a very long time. It's hard to look in our computers because uh, I think in 2008, um, saving photos on computers wasn't as... <laughs> as popular as now. So we've been on campus for a very long time um, promoting uh, safe sex practices on campus and making sure that students um, uh, know about uh, safe sex practices. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what's the idea behind um, getting that information to the students here on campus? So basically we have meetings on campus um, and we talk about many different topics such as uh, birth control, safe sex practices, consent, a lot about consent, and also about how to maintain like healthy relationships. So relationship advice, friendship advice to make sure like uh, everyone is being safe, not only with uh, sexual relationships, but also as like relationships and friendships as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, we do offer free condoms and pizza in every meeting. So it's really fun to like bring out students and you'll get more involved uh, for their sexual health and also for like their social wellness. Yeah, we, uh, we noticed that there was a gap. Um, I wasn't around in 2008 when, when the club first started, but when I was an intern and even till now, we've noticed there's always been a gap with uh, sex ed knowledge with students, especially down here. Sometimes you get classes, sometimes you don't. And most of the classes are like, you're gonna have sex and die, like from the <laughs> main room. Yeah. So yeah, we wanted to make sure that, that there's a safe space for young adults to come and um, talk about experiences or things that they, they've always wanted to ask, but didn't feel comfortable to ask. That's awesome. Yeah, I know speaking from my personal experience, we have like one health class that was like half like one semester so it's like half of the school year and like we only had like one week on sex ed and then like in that one week half of the class and I was part of that half of the class that did a different program so it's like we didn't even get that one week <laughs> so yeah um I think it, it's really beneficial to have it when a lot of students are kind of like not exposed to it early on and it's definitely very important because, um, you know, part of the reason why many students may, might drop out of college is due to an unplanned pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want to offer that 
those resources for them to, you know, practice uh, safe practices so that, you know, they don't happen to put an interruption in their education. Yeah, we want to make sure that young people can reach their goals. And the Valley has the one of the highest rates of repeat teen pregnancies. So it's teens who've been pregnant when they're in high school, but become pregnant again, maybe when they're 18 and 19, and that's still considered a teen pregnancy. So we're not uh, saying you can't reach your goals if you're a teen parent, but um, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So we want to make sure those who are teen parents, who aren't teen parents, who aren't ready to have kids, that they have the resources available so that they can decide when to have a family. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Natasha and I, we're actually, we have like pre-meetings. And so we were talking a little bit more about that. Um, and so we were really excited about the program because I think something that feels really real to us um, is that disconnect with like sex education um, and like our culture mm -hmm. being so close. So like I remember my parents never talking about mm -hmm. that. And I was recalling um, my first encounter with sexual education and protection and all of that was actually at the university. I got my first condom here and I was telling <laughs> Natasha that and it was like such a life-changing moment because they don't really teach you that when you're growing up. Um, so is that kind of like the idea? And is it also um, provided to like males? Yeah, yeah, it's provided for everyone. Yeah, completely for everybody. Uh, we do, uh, you know, offer education for anyone, anyone who may have questions, you know, we have them where they're free to safe space. Um, but I definitely can relate because, I mean, growing up, you know, I grew up in a Mexican household. My mom never talked about those things with me. And it was just like, cuídate. And like, <laughs> you, you already knew what that meant. So uh, definitely being able to provide that for others, that education that I didn't get growing up, like that helps a lot because it's more about, you know, community and getting to talk to others mm -hmm. about and share those experiences. Yeah. And when, when um, Ivania is saying we, it's for everyone, we mean everyone. So if you're sexually active, if you're not sexually active, um, wherever you fall in the LGBTQ spectrum, of, of, of gender or sexuality, uh, we wanna make sure it's a safe space for anyone to come in. Um, we're not very heteronormative about our, our sexual um, sex ed talks, right? We try to be as inclusive as possible for, for everyone um, who comes in. Yeah. I think that's really important. That's like super important just because the fact that like, like you all were saying earlier, students are coming from like high schools in Texas where like abstinence is still being taught. And like, it's really sad that um, a lot of the times with these students, like you all said, it's like too late because they already get like, you know, the knowledge for them to like know it's too late already because they like either got pregnant or something else like happened in their life that was traumatic. So I think um, having the tools and not only that, but being more inclusive about like LGBT related um, like sex education is just like, it's something, it's something very important. And I think um, it was one of the main reasons why we decided to do this podcast was just because we saw a huge gap. Like it's kind of hard to find um, like sex, sexual education on campus. And it's kind of like a yeah, stigma. Like people don't want to talk about it. They would rather like just let you like figure it out on your own and like be in the shadows about it. But I think um, 
being loud and being proud and like preaching about like how sex can be something that like everyone can know about and not have to be afraid about is um, it's really important for incoming students just like especially yeah definitely and um it's really important when it comes to like having that uh those safe spaces for incoming students college students because I feel like, you know, college is that time where, you know, you're far, you're a bit away from home, you're ready to branch out. And that's when, you know, um, many people in the LGBTQ spectrum, like, um, you know, decide to maybe have that little bit more freedom that they probably didn't get to have in high school. So it's really important to, you know, provide like some answers to those questions um, so they can feel more comfortable with, um practicing what they want to like experience basically mm-hmm. definitely oh that's great and you know um natasha actually was uh, mentioning something earlier about like texans Do you oh wanna... okay yeah so it was kind of like along the same line so how like it's it's like how jerry was saying like a lot of schools still kind of talk about like um absence only and so um, like, I think our position in the Valley is really strange because we have, like, a lot of, like, democratic, like, mindsets. Um, but, like, we're still, like, very much influenced by the Republican majority in the rest of Texas. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it also ties in, like, how we're speaking about our culture, about, like, how it is kind of, like, shunned and it's, like, don't talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like very like yeah yeah for some oh sorry oh uh, for some reason sex education and working in a family planning clinic it's very intersectional when it comes to even though we're nonpartisan, a lot of politics sometimes seeps into to the work we do like who decides to pass bills and what funding we get um the conversations between mothers and children uh you'd be surprised there's a lot of like you would think um latina mothers who who we wouldn't who you would see and be like oh they wouldn't want to talk to their daughters but it's becoming more and more common that the conversation is more open for um the newer generations to talk to their children um not just their daughters but their sons too about about their body and about sexual health to be to be safe because they want to make sure that they have the the resources but the mothers themselves don't have the resources so sometimes they message us like hey can you help us out and we have pamphlets and sometimes mm-hmm. we've done mother daughter and father son presentations um for puberty so for kids who are oh that's such a smart yeah. idea i never um thought of that oh something's happening there we go. <laughs> Hi, Gary. <laughs> um, yeah, so one thing that I kind of wanted to touch on is like, where do you guys stand with all of this? And how did you get involved? Because I I was never aware of like all of the programs, all of the help, like even like Esperanza Clinic and Planned Parenthood and things like that. Like I never knew about them until I was in university. So like, how did you guys get involved in that and and in the club and continuing that? Well, for me, um, I actually recently just became involved with the club uh, this uh, early summer, late spring. Um, And I remember uh, I was 
I think I was a freshman. It was like my first year here. Like um, I used to live like 40 minutes away from campus. So every time I was here, I wasn't really looking to stay uh, late or anything like that. And I remember seeing this like table and just a bunch of like condoms just spread out and everything. And this super like sweet person was just like, hi, like, uh, do you know about us? And I, I was just like, so entertained. I was so like amazed. I'm like, oh wow, they're, they're like condoms just like <laughs> right there. Like, I'm like, oh my God. But then later on uh, a few years later, I realized how important that experience was because it should be that normalized. It, it shouldn't be such a like, oh my, you know, because it's, you use it. Everybody does, you know, and everybody should. So um, I remember that. And once I started being involved with the club and um, now I'm, I'm the president of the club, I'm just like, oh my, like, this is really cool because I get to work with um, the club who actually like, showed me that first experience of like, yeah, like gave me that epiphany that, you know, this should be more normalized and I shouldn't feel guilty or ashamed or scared to even see something or talk about something like that. Yeah. So when I was uh, the president of the club, I volunteered before with, um, with, with the clinic and, and then I really uh, was into the, the mission of helping folks and back then we were, we just changed from UTPA to UTRGV. So it was like that change. And then we changed our name from Box to Access for Sex Ed. So it was like two change names. And, <laughs> and um, I've always wanted to help people. And I'm really glad to still be working at the clinic and working with Ivania and all the great interns because I've worked with a couple of interns before her. And each intern brings like something special to, to, to the club and to the clinic, um, helping us with our mission of spreading knowledge and helping people feel empowered to make decisions about their sexual health. And we also have like other, uh, not just the meetings, but also like advocacy work. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that we're really looking into for the fall. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's awesome. Um, I wanted to like kind of ask about that the like the fall because like um, I know we had partnered with you in the past for our restart. Yes. Yeah. Fresh start conference. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was more like of a virtual event. Um, can we expect to have more like? on campus, like um, maybe like tabling or something, um, starting up in the fall maybe? So because of, uh, you know, protocols and things, you know, we wanna have everybody be in a safe environment. So that is like our main priority. So depending on how that works, mm-hmm. um, we will be like organizing accordingly to that. But yeah, I mean, we definitely wanna be doing a lot more tablings on campus. Uh, like meetings and also like events. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on that, how that works, um, yeah, we will definitely be, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll be all over campus for sure. Yeah, so it just depends because I know there's a Delta variant that's going mm-hmm. on. So we don't know what's going to happen if we're going to go into another lockdown or anything. But Yeah, but definitely we will be, if not on campus, we will be everything virtual mm-hmm. and we're available like 24-7. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we're hoping maybe to have um, an event really soon, uh, actually in August. Yes, yes. We're going to be collaborating with um, some student apartments uh, nearby just so we can uh, have students, incoming students, you know, know more about the club. Uh, all while enjoying some pizza, playing some games, and you some. know, swimming, <laughs> enjoying just like um, enjoying some stuff that we have like for them. So, really excited about that. Definitely, yeah. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and with that, I, I also I know you had kind of like touched base on it before, where you had said that for a lot of people university is their first time like experimenting with these things and like understanding themselves their sexuality and their first experiences I wanted to know like what time is a good time to start integrating this into people's lives because I think consent is super important and I know that that's a part of your program um and so I feel like nobody talks about it to the extent that we need to I, I in my opinion um, and so like, how early do you think that we should start integrating that into people's lives? And do you guys provide information for like people who are maybe like, like I know teen pregnancy is a thing. Mm -hmm. So like, um, at what age would you suggest that we start incorporating these talks? Yeah, I can, I can answer that. Uh, so we, a lot of sex educators, uh, a lot of sex educators recommend incorporating since elementary school, um, and, more like kindergarten to start with consent, not more, we're not gonna, a lot of people think when we say we're gonna start in in kindergarten, they're thinking, oh, we're, we're gonna show a lot of penises and vaginas to like, like five-year-olds or six-year-olds. Um, but no, it's more about like good touch, bad touch. These are the anatomy parts because we all know like head, shoulders, knees and toes, right? So it's just normalizing the anatomy parts and not, um calling them different names because you know sadly when um sexual assault happens to children sometimes they're not taken seriously because they're like oh this guy touched my my bomb bomb because the mom told her that her vaginal area is called a bomb bomb so they're like oh that could mean anything right so by normalizing the sex the the sexual organs and just saying the names of it not necessarily what sex is but and also consent you have the right to say no like even if a family member comes over and wants to hug you you have the right to say no to the hug you have the right to say no to a kiss from a family member um and then the conversation goes just a little more in depth as the years go on so then by the time they're in high school and middle school and um, they're going through puberty it's not as much as a shock as as though like you've never heard any of this stuff before and it helps with everyone. It doesn't matter your gender or sexuality because consent is across the board really important. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That really answers my question. Mm -hmm. um, I want a great response. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I wish like you could have talked to my parents when I was little because like <laughs> I was put in those situations where it's like I don't want to go say hi to everybody, mm -hmm. but like we were forced to like march in the line and say hi to every single person at like my grandma's house at like parties and it's just yeah. like I don't know these people why am I saying hi to them but yeah. no. and, and that is definitely something that I took notice uh when I was growing up as well I think it's like in part of our culture it's like because I love and if I don't do it I'm rude 
Um, so that's why it's really important to, you know, change those habits. Like, yes, it's always good to be courteous and mm-hmm. like welcoming, but once a child doesn't feel comfortable doing something, uh, they should be listened to. They should be, uh, their boundaries should be respected mm-hmm. uh, because the negative effects of that can result in like intimacy issues growing up. Uh, you know, there's children who have that experience tend to grow up and have uh, issues with, uh, you know, touching and boundaries. So uh, it's definitely very important to take note of that and to actually normalize saying no even to a simple thing as just saying, like giving a hug to someone. Mm-hmm. Or if someone comes in, leans in for a kiss, because, you know, like pre-COVID, everyone was even like female to me, female, like when they say hi, they're like kiss, kiss, or or one kiss. And yeah. thinking about it now, I'm like, maybe we should not do that as <laughs> much. So like, hi, don't even a handshake, like a way, like fist bump, like Obama did, like, let's just fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for sure. It's so, it's one of those things where it's so deep inside of us and uh, like our, the way that we grew up, that it's kind of difficult to change the way that everybody else, like before us, thinks about it because we're still learning about mm-hmm. it. But I, I think that it's such, such a smart idea. And I, I think because it's like classified under sexual education, you don't tend to like hear that mixed into like, elementary school ages but um it definitely needs to be happening Mm -hmm. and is that like the goal like are we going to hopefully like try to progress like a little bit further into like being able to have these conversations with younger people I think so yeah definitely I feel like um I mean the mission is to just normalize these type of conversations Mm -hmm. because once we normalize it people will feel more comfortable to speak up and share their experiences and ask more questions, which is great. The more Mm -hmm. the merrier, we love answering questions. Um, So yeah, that is the main goal, to just branch out to as many people as possible to get them comfortable with their own sexuality and their own health. Because yeah, it it does, it matters. Nice. (laughs) Natasha, do you have any more questions? Not at the moment. Jerry, do you have any questions? I was just gonna add to it, like um, like I know we're kind of all reflecting, at least me and like Natasha reflecting on how we like grew up and how we wish it would have been different. But if anything, the silver lining is it's gonna teach us how to be better parents. It's gonna teach us how to like handle those situations when they come with our kids and like make sure that they grow up and like understand boundaries. And um, make sure that they didn't suffer, like didn't go through the same thing we did, and um, just be like a better like. If anything, it just normalizes and makes things better for like our grandkids and like their future generations and stuff. And um, at the same time, it's giving us like a safe space in college. So um, once again, I'm really, I think y'all's club is amazing, and um, I really hope that uh, our first years and you know our like students that are coming to UTRGV know that um, this kind of support doesn't exist at every university. And uh, we're really happy that um, that you all are up, up keeping it and making sure that like those students feel safe. Thank you so much. Do you think we can talk for a second about the clinic? Oh, yes, of course. We have it in Dr. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we are one of the old, 
I think we are the oldest family planning clinic in Hidalgo County uh, nonprofit, and we offer a lot of free, like I say free, but you can't see my face. It's free. <laughs> like Oprah, you get a card, right? You get the condoms, you get condoms, you get pills. So we offer free birth control, STI testing, pap smears for those over 21, diabetes, cholesterol testing, management, physical exams. And all of it is free and um, students, most students qualify because it depends on your income. Yeah, you can go in with your financial aid as proof of income as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, most students do qualify for completely free services. Mm -hmm. So that is something that we like to uh, talk to our members about and everyone who joins our meetings that if they're ever in a situation where they might need an SDI test or just want birth control to go ahead, go to one of the clinics and that is available for them right mm -hmm. away. And it's not just one free STI test. You can get as many STI tests and we're not going to judge and we're not chismosa about like <laughs> who comes to the clinic. We won't tell anyone. We're completely confidential. Um, we see so many patients. We, we won't even remember if you come yeah. in like three times <laughs> a year, four times a year. So come on in. Uh, a lot of symptoms of STIs, there's no symptoms, so it's really important to get tested if you're sexually active. Even if you use a condom, it's not 100% effective. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. Um, what about even if we're, sorry, <laughs> like okay. now no, I'm just curious. Like, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm so curious. Um, but how do we, like, like, how would we go about making um, an appointment? Okay. So you can check out our website, accessclinics.org. Um, and on there, there's a, a make an appointment uh, tab. You can do that. Or you can message us on Instagram or Facebook at either our Access for Sex Ed or Access Esperanza Clinics uh, Instagram or Facebook. And we can help you out through there. Uh, you can also give us a call at 956-688-3700, 3700 um, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and our clinics in McAllen are open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, the other clinics are open at various times, so I don't know them off the top of my head, <laughs> but we have one here in Edinburgh, Mission, and Westlaco. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> And well, I'm so excited for our listeners to get all of this information and, you know, hopefully have um, better education on these things that we did, especially uh, because they're incoming. Um, and so thank you guys so much for joining. Yeah. I don't have any more questions. Yeah, neither do I. Y'all want to, like, talk about anything else? For yeah. I, I mean, we will, uh, we do have uh, a series on our yeah, social sets of <laughs> quickie is what we like to call it. Uh, so it's just videos talking about um, different types of subjects. We did one on, um, well, we didn't, we did an event. It was really cute. It was a pride painting party. So we had, we collaborated with the Center for Diversity, Inclusion and Dream Resource Center. Uh, just talking about what pride means to us, you know, some history behind pride as well as just drawing our flags. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, tomorrow we actually have a first episode of our two-part series of STIs. So uh, that's just giving a bit more information on bacterial STIs mm -hmm. and then the viral STIs will be the next video. 
Um, and if you'd like us to come anytime to, like if you have like a lot of questions from freshmen, we would love to come and we can collaborate with y'all and we can maybe do a sex ed quickie. Yeah, about that. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think we're so excited. And definitely for our uh, summer pool party, uh, we will be having it at the Rio Apartments, which houses a lot of UTRHB students. Mm -hmm. And anybody is welcome to come and join in to, you know, learn more about the club, uh, play some fun education games, eat some pizza, swim. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, definitely going to be like a safe space just mm -hmm. to ask any questions, yeah. get some conversations going. Yeah. And you can find that on our Facebook and Instagram, Access for Sex Ed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And I was like, do you all still use Facebook? <laughs> no. But Instagram, you can look at it on our Instagram. Yeah. We'll make sure to link it, especially with the pop, um, posting of our podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll have it over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all we have today. Um, if Jerry, do you have any questions? No. Like I, I have. Like that's awesome that you um that you all are that exist and uh, yeah, I'm really excited for those partnerships. I think we definitely should do something maybe um closer to when the fall students like settle in for the fall. We can uh like definitely have an info session maybe like live on Facebook. That'd be really cool. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, we would love to collaborate. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Pardon? You said fantastic. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Maybe we can uh, say about the Angel Project. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will be starting, uh, you know, advocacy uh, work soon. Uh, it's definitely on the planning. Uh, spectrum right now but uh we will be doing a project called the angel project uh, it's something that has been already applied to the uk uh in some areas there for like bars and nightclubs um so that's something that we wanted to bring in to the nightlife here in the valley so basically the angel project is um having to train and talk to uh, bars and clubs and getting them to implement what is called um, the angel shot. Mm -hmm. Mostly that's for the bartenders and is Angela working here for other um, um, people who work in the bar? People yeah. who work in the bar. Yeah. So basically it's if you feel unsafe with someone uh, that you're in a bar with, if you feel like it's not really going so well, you don't feel comfortable or you feel like you're in danger, you go up to the bartender and you ask, uh, can I have an angel shot? If it's with Lyme, it means call the police. I feel unsafe, I'm in danger. If it's clean, um, I need a ride home so like they can call you an Uber or something. And I think the other one is on the rocks. Uh, that means, you know, take me to my car. Um, so we do have, we want to implement that a lot in nightlife here in the Valley, especially because I mean, it's really popular right now. It's really like, uh, blowing up and there's so many students here who actually go downtown, downtown McAllen, bars here nearby. So it's really important to implement that, um, I guess how you make a, like a not safety in, plan. Yeah. Like a safety plan. And also mm -hmm. to be able to interfere with 
dangerous situations. That way, like someone may not be in like even more danger later on. So we definitely want to apply that. And we hope to start with our proposals, getting to talk with bars and clubs uh, in downtown McAllen so they can start implementing that uh, very soon. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm planning that in September, October. Oh, that's so interesting. Especially as someone that just, well, like that's over 21 and like um, the whole like nightlife scene, I feel like, um, well, when I turned 21, we had COVID. Um, so I feel like I haven't really been in, as integrated yeah. in the scene, but that's interesting. Yeah. And that's also another reason why, because it's like, you know, we've been in lockdown. Uh, downtown McAllen is a very like, you know, everybody wants to go there in the weekend. So um after lockdown and now that well i know with the delta variant is uh, we're taking a few steps back yeah but you know in the future once things are safer people are going to want to run back you know have fun so it's definitely very important to have um that implemented in case anybody feels unsafe in case anybody needs uh someone to help them feel safer uh so being that like angel uh, that's what it's called the angel part. Maybe that angel for them is what like matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for informing us about that. And um, I really do hope that the project gets started and, and that you are able to implement that in bars because I think that's re- that's revolutionary <laughs> to say the least. So I'm really excited. Yeah, we're excited too. Yes. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, well if that is all you guys have to share well then we can i guess end the podcast here um once again thank you so much for coming on you shared some really amazing information about access for sex ed and your role here on campus um and we just really appreciate you guys coming on thanks for inviting us yeah thank you so much it was a lot of fun so thank you so yeah. if that's it, then we can just say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Bye, guys. guys.